What's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. And welcome back to Q and Assault Saturday. Where y'all, my fellow Patreons, the biggest supporters of the BDGE brand on planet Earth, in space, in the galaxy, come and assault me with any questions you might have. Dynasty, redraft, whatever. Whatever the fuck ever, as Denzel would say. Now, we're going to start off a little bit differently this year. Why did I say this year? I have no fucking idea. I meant this week. Because during the season, usually when Q&A kicks off, I uh, I go through the wide receiver cornerback matchups just to get just to get this thing bumping a little bit, right? I, I get into my zone. I start talking about uh, the, the, the most prolific, the most talked about single coverage matchups we're going to see that week, right? Normally shadow coverage matchups. So figure, you know, maybe uh, we'll do something valuable at the beginning of these Q&A assaults because, you know, only a handful of people. It's very intimate, right? I get I get, uh, I get, get to know you guys very well one-on-one. There's only like five to ten people that come in and hang out with me for these. Thus, the questions are of the lower volume. So I figured let me fucking hit them with a couple, uh, couple of pieces of information that I think could be valuable to y'all. And what I'm going to do using 4 for 4's free ADP mover tool. I will link that in the description eventually. I probably am lying. I probably won't end up doing that because every time I say I'm going to link something in the description, I don't end up doing it. But I'm going to try my best. And it's basically a tool that they have on their website for free. This is for the number 4, then the word F-O-R, then the number 4 again, 4 for 4. Awful fucking, awful, 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 awful name for SEO. Uh, but they got some great tools, okay? Their tools hopefully cancel out the terrible SEO they have from their name. And they have a free tool in which you could check out the ADP from Underdog Fantasy and the biggest risers and movers, risers, fallers, whatever, over the last two weeks. You can put up to a custom date. You could say the last seven days, last 14 days, last 34 days, whatever, whatever, whatever. And we're going to be using that tool to look at the top five movers up draft boards, the top five movers down draft boards over the last two weeks. We'll probably do this weekly now that we're going to start doing this weekly, but we haven't done it yet. So we're going to cover the last two weeks. What's up, everybody? Uh, Tony, never maybe. Jonstein was good. Codeine, Dylan, James, how are we? All right, let's kick it off with the uh, the biggest fallers. We're going to give a quick explanation who they are, their names, a fun fact about themselves, what grade they're in, all that shit. All right, so the biggest fallers over the last two weeks, the change in ADP over the last 14 days. Uh, number one on this list, no surprise, is Terry Cohen because we had the reports. You know, I made a YouTube short about this subject um, a few days ago. Basically just saying Tariq Cohen is still dealing with stiffness in the knee. He had an ACL tear last year. Uh, by this time, he sh I think he's like 10 months removed from it, so he should not really be dealing with the shitty rehab system. He should not be feeling shitty about his knee. It should be feeling pretty fucking good. He should be out there doing some light cuts, whatever, but he's still feeling stiffness. Thus, this dropped Tariq Cohen 32 spots, which is almost three rounds, which basically makes him undraftable, which is why we love David Montgomery now. Okay, fourth-round pick. Go and get that volume. Go and get them fantasy points. Go and get you some hardware. Next up, this was kind of surprising. Uh, also surprising, like the top 12 guys, the biggest movers, were all running backs. The 12 top guys were all running backs. I think that's because that's the only thing anybody ever fucking cares about. Leonard Fournette dropped 18 spots in ADP. He is down to 
117. And I don't quite understand that. We haven't really had news about Gio. We haven't had news about Keyshawn Vaughn or Ronald. We haven't really had news about anything. I think maybe that's what it is. I think uh, people are just kind of getting bored of the backfield. I'll scoop that ADP all day. Um, if I'm missing something about news that I haven't seen, please correct my dumb ass because that is a very, very strong possibility. So Leonard Fournette is the biggest, second biggest dropper in underdog ADP over the last two weeks. Then we have Rashad Penny. Again, I don't think anything serious happened there uh, because we have because we have uh, him getting a knee procedure done, but that came out over a month ago. So I think it's just the fact that he's getting another knee procedure. Everybody's hyping up. Chris Carson has a good value. Thus, he drops about a round and a half. David Johnson also, also dropping, I think, just on the fact that the more – the more we get into the offseason, the less we hear about Deshaun Watson, like the higher his odds get of actually playing for Houston. Obviously, if Houston doesn't have Deshaun Watson playing, the less we like David Johnson. OK, so I think that's just a natural progression as you see the odds for Deshaun Watson dip into almost uh, minus a thousand not to start for the Texans. We're going to keep seeing David Johnson's ADP drop further and further and further. And I'll keep drafting him, to be honest with you. Uh, lastly, we have Melvin Gordon because there was the fucking report that Javante Williams is going to be the starter. He's the projected starter or whatever. They're like, he's running with the ones. Yeah, because Melvin Gordon didn't fucking show up to OTAs. Like, of course, who else is going to be running with the ones? Royce Freeman? Royce Freeman? First team Royce Freeman? Nah. Nah. You can miss me with that. So that's an obvious drop. Just, you know, one report makes these things move up really quickly. So those are the top five biggest droppers today. Tariq Cohen, obvious. Fournette, I'll buy the dip. We'll talk about who, who we're buying the dip on. Fournette, David Johnson. Uh, Melvin Gordon's not a guy I'm targeting, but, like, I'm fine if you're going to draft him in the 11th, 12th round. I still think that's, you know, even if Javante Williams does play, um, even if Javante Williams does play a significant portion, this is going to be an, a, a a 1A, 1B punch for at least like the first two months, in my opinion. So Melvin Gordon's fine where he's getting drafted. Let's move over to the biggest, the biggest lizes. Okay, so the first guy on this list, the biggest riser over the last 14 days, Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots has moved up 18 spots. And this is going off the report that he could be the number one in New England. Um, I say the money. The money says differently when it comes to Nelson Aguilar. I will take Aguilar over Jacoby Myers nine out of fucking seven days a week. Uh, there were reports that Jacoby Myers was practicing with Cam Newton and Jonu Smith. They were throwing together or whatever. Uh, so that's obvious as to why Myers is moving up a little bit. This is a very, very open, ambiguous wide receiver group there in New England. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They signed Kendrick Bourne. I think those are going to be the top two guys. But Jacoby Myers did play pretty well. Last year, limited sample size. You can look off, you know, very picky statistics, shit like yards per route run. Um, those kind of things. Jacoby Myers played well in. So I, I can understand why. He went from basically undrafted to like a 13th, 14th round pick. I don't hate it. I would still keep scooping up Aguilar shares. Next up, Darrington Evans. I have no fucking idea why he's moving up. I have no, I just, I've heard Darrington Evans' name on a bunch of podcasts recently, and I just, I just cannot, I cannot agree to disagree with something more than whatever bullshit's being spewed about Darrington Evans. So fuck that. Rondell Moore, I think people are just getting more and more excited about this Arizona offense in particular. I'm not sure why people are... I think, like, Establish the Run has brought up a bunch of these guys, and I think they push the ADB pretty heavily. 
Uh, they've talked about Rondell Moore a lot. I told you, man, I'm, I'm about the A.J. Green 17th, 18th round uh, best ball pick. So Rondell Moore is not a guy that I'm, I'm confident in will get the volume his rookie year. I'm not really sure why he's shooting up draft boards, but he's he's not a guy that I'm trying to dr- grab in the 9th, 10th round, which is where his ADP, according to his ADP, is uh, end of 10th round pick. So that's a, that's a little... Uh, that's a little juicy for me. Uh, MVS. Honestly, this might have something to do with me. I've picked MVS in a lot of my underdog drafts. He is. Uh, I, I keep thinking that Aaron Rodgers is going to come bike, and as soon as he does, Marquez Valdez-Scantling goes from a 16th, 17th round pick up to a you know, 11th, 12th, 13th round pick. So I, I keep scooping him up, and it makes sense that he keeps rising up draft boards. And then Nicole Hardman uh, goes up about 14.7 spots on the news that he should be the number two, which literally doesn't really fucking mean anything. Like, What does that mean in Kansas City? It doesn't mean you're guaranteed production. Right, you'd like to think so, but that offense, yeah, Mahomes can throw for forty eight hundred yards, and it could still just be the Terry Kill, Travis Kelsey show there, as we saw last season. Like Sammy Watkins was the wide receiver two last year, and uh, and he still put up like four hundred yards. Okay, so the wide receiver two does not have to mean anything in Kansas City. Miguel Hardman is just not—he's not an NFL wide receiver. Might he get lucky and bust off a, a few big plays this year? Like, sure, but he's not someone I'm excited to draft about. Now he's in, he's at pick 95, which makes him back into the eighth round, and I'm fucking totally off that. Totally off that. So those are your biggest risers for this week. We're going to be doing this every single week. And if you want to join Q and Assault next week, sign up on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash B-D-G-E. What's going on in the chat? How are we? How are we? How are we? Let's throw some of these up on the screen. Because of Cohen, what about Damian Williams now? I feel like I've, I've talked about this a, a lot recently. People are very enamored with Damian Williams. He's not a guy I'm drafting. As Here's the thing with like Damian Williams is, is I don't tend to draft handcuffs unless I know, one, unless I know the guy is going to get all of the work, and two, we have to know that that guy is the fucking handcuff to have, right? Whereas like if you draft Zeke, I'm fine drafting Tony Pollard. If you draft one of those guys that are really up top, and you know who the handcuff is, I'm fine drafting my own handcuff in season-long leagues. Uh, that is uh, uh, against popular opinion for whatever fucking reason. I like to have safety on my redraft teams. You get to choose one fucking team. Most people don't trade. Like, you're fucked if your number one guy goes down. I like I like drafting handcuffs in season-long leagues. The problem with, uh, problem with um, Damian Williams is like, yeah, he'll move up a little bit, but that's on projection. I don't have confidence that coming— I mean, he's old. He's coming off a year without uh, playing because he opted out for COVID. Are we sure Khalil Herbert's not going to take— the backup spot. I like Lou Herbert a lot. I think he was a very good, uh, very good prospect coming out. So I think it'll be a battle for two. Like, what if Tariq Cohen is actually okay and he's playing thirty percent of the snaps? That makes whoever the backup to David Montgomery is pretty relevant. So I am, uh, I'm pretty much out on Damian Williams right now until we hear something like he is for sure the, the RB two to own there in Chicago, which I just don't think is a is a given. Lenny versus Ronnie. Andrew asks at similar ADP, who you taking? Definitely Lenny. Um, I don't know. I just don't think RJ just has no fucking upside in the passing game. Whereas we saw how involved Leonard Fournette was when it mattered down the stretch last year, super, super duper involved opportunity wise in the playoffs, the last six games of the season towards six touchdowns in the last six weeks was also catching a ton of passes. So I think, I think they show their cards who they like better at running back. I think he's the one who uh, is more likely to be involved in the passing game. So give me uh, Lenny there for sure. Rice Fraudman, love that. The news about the Eagles trading for Deshaun Watson starting to heat up this week, but nothing's going to happen until the allegations are put away. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that was a very interesting report. We've also seen Deshaun Watson linked to about ten teams, so it's tough to uh, it's tough to it's tough to say. I think uh, the report from Adam Schefter, 
I think it was like the Eagles are are the most well-equipped team to make this happen. So what that says is they have a lot of assets that they could give up to uh, secure Deshaun Watson. I don't really know their future picks, to be honest with you, but I'm, I'm assuming they're they have like multiple firsts or at least multiple seconds or something next year, which would equate to having a lot of firepower. They also get to, you know, obviously uh, I'm assuming that trade will involve Jalen Hurts. So if you have a young quarterback, that's obviously going to push the needle for a team like the Texans who, you know, you could trade it to like the Panthers, as they were saying earlier on, and like the Panthers are going to give up Christian McCaffrey. That really does nothing for the Houston Texans franchise. So I think when they mean they're most well-equipped, I think they mean that they have the most reasonable pieces to actually give that up in return for Deshaun Watson, right? Like the Houston Texans aren't going to take something less than a young quarterback with upside, multiple future picks and shit like that. So obviously the upside from Jalen Hurts to Deshaun Watson is massive, um, and the Texans would do that in a second. But I think they're just talking more so about the actual stuff the the assets that they have to be able to give up to get them what's going on in the chat this is uh where we get assaulted let's go someone gave me mooney and a second for hardman that's fucking absurd i love that for you i think mooney and hardman honestly can both kind of flame out but like the second is enough for me i would have given up hardman for a second probably What are your thoughts on Javante and him at his current ADP? Let me uh let me grab his ADP real quick for me. I'm not sure where he's actually going right now. Javante Williams currently the running back 26, uh, getting picked 66th overall in underdog. So the other site that I'm going to link, so it's both 4 4 for 4 has multiple tools that are free on their website that are super useful. The first of which was the movers in ADP. The second of which is pulling in ADP from multiple websites. So it's cool because you can compare Javonta Williams' ADP on Underdog and FFPC, which are both paid leagues, compared to like ESPN and Yahoo and, and NFL. So the trend you're seeing here is Underdog, he's 66th overall. FFPC, which is another big money, high stakes league, he's 55th overall. So that's like early fifth round. Uh, and then the other non-paid leagues, ESPN, he's 91. NFL, he's 89. Yahoo, he's 86. So you're seeing a, a 30 to 40 pick discrepancy between non-paid leagues and paid leagues, which should tell you sharper people are taking Javante Williams early. I don't know if that's necessarily a sharper pick because we've seen these rookie running backs that are not first first round clear work the guys I you know I've made this point so many times the guys that are picked in the first round the running backs the rookies that we should get excited about are the ones that have no clear obstacle in their way for early workload okay when you look at Najee Harris there's nobody that's going to compete with him for touches when you look at Javante Williams there's a fucking massive red flag with Melvin Gordon sitting there you can make all all the nuanced excuses and bring up statistics that you want about Melvin Gordon but objectively he's a massive massive hurdle for Javante Williams to get a workload that warrants a fifth-round fucking ADP behind who knows at quarterback. It was, what if Drew Locke just stinks? What if Teddy Bridgewater can't command an offense that scores more than 20 points a game? These are these are very massive red flags. So for Javante Williams going 55th overall in FFPC, the high-stakes money leagues, I hate that. Um, when he starts to dip into like the sixth or seventh round, if you miss out on running backs a little earlier, I'm okay with it. But again, I just think we've learned this lesson year over year over year over year. Dobbins. Sanders, Swift, fucking Akers, all of these guys that go into muddy situations and are not clear first round picks in the NFL draft always takes them two to three months to like get a real workload. 
So the earlier Javante goes, like the less and less I like that pick. And I'm not really, I mean, like I like Javante as a prospect, but I'm not really sold on him being a great NFL back. Um, so for me, there's too many red flags to warrant like a top, uh, fifth round pick, even an early sixth round pick. I don't like that for Javante at all. What tight end do you think you'll have the most shares of? Well, luckily for us on underdog, you can actually check your, you could actually check your exposure. You know, you know what they say, you know what they say, sun exposure during, uh, during these hot months are not good exposure to. Fuck do I find it? Pick 'em live, best ball, NFL. Nope, that ain't it. Active completed. There you go. So if you're on the Underdog app, which you should all fucking download immediately, uh, Underdog, I will link that in the description as, as well. That is the best place to perform your fantasy drafts this summer. And these are all paid leagues, uh, $3 minimum, so you can practice against people that are actually drafting. And if you use the promo code BDGE when you deposit 10 bucks on there, they're going to give you $25 free dollars to play with. It's a beautiful, beautiful cocktail. Let me uh, let me figure out my exposure here. Okay, they haven't updated these for some reason. They haven't updated the exposure, I feel like, in a long fucking time. And I don't know why. Because the, my top exposure guy is Zach Ertz. And it's only a $9 fee, but I've done so many fucking. I've done so many drafts this summer, so $9 doesn't make sense. Let's see. Oh, that was preseason, I think. Give me a second. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Uh, so my my highest exposure on players right now. Uh, I have 18% of Eric Ebron. 18% is my highest owned tight end right now because Ebron goes legitimately in this in the second to last to last round. Um, Pittsburgh tight end, I think people are off him because Pat Firemouth, but like he's a rookie. He's not going to do a fucking thing this year. And Ebron finished for like six or seven touchdowns, and I think he has a good chance of doing that again. I don't expect him to be like a breakout fucking candidate this year, but for someone that I think you could reasonably project to finish as like a, a mid tight end two, I'm happy with taking Ebron down there. My next highest owned player. So I have four, four tight ends tied at 13%. Hawkinson, Gesicki, Austin Hooper, and Robert Tunyon. Uh, Hawkinson obviously makes sense. Anytime he drops into the seventh round, he's an auto smash for me. Gesicki, I guess I just, I don't know, maybe I have a lot of two and I've tried to stack him. He's not, he's not a guy I'm, I'm necessarily high on this year, but I just happen to have 13% exposure. Austin Hooper, I think he's being a little bit underrated. I think uh, last year he was hurt for a few weeks, so he missed time. And then he came back and they had those three to four weeks in a row where the rain was just so bad that Baker's stats and Austin Hooper's stats were terrible. And when he came back fully healthy, I think he played fine. So I think he'll be like a high-end tight end too this year that you can continue to get in the 14th, 15th round of drafts. Robert Tunyon, again, uh, guys, I'm drafting as if uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming back this year. And if that's the case, Tunyon in the 12th, 13th round is a fucking smash play. Uh, there's not really any other surprise picks down here, to be honest with you. I'm starting to get a lot more exposure to, to Jonu Smith. I am a big, big, I'm just getting, I don't know why this is like, I'm going to make a video. I think one of the video titles is going to be, um, my strongest gut feelings for 2021. I might just like not bring any big facts to the table, but for some reason this, this Joan, I just can't, I can't stop hearing chirping about Jonu Smith from my big fucking brain. You know, I have a, it's so big. I have so many things being fired at me at all times, but something consistently keeps saying, Joe knew, Joe knew, Joe knew. 
draft his ass. So I keep drafting Jonu Smith. I just think he's the most athletic player on the offense. At the end of the day, and we've seen what Bill has done with athletic tight ends before. I think we've kept trying to pigeonhole players into the Gronk and Aaron Hernandez casket. But Jonu's the first like actual athlete that comes close to what those guys can do on the field. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if Jonu led the team in targets, man. I really wouldn't. So I, I cannot stop drafting Jonu Smith in my current leagues that are drafting at the moment. Shula. Shiler. Shuler. That is a ridiculous first name. Shuler. How do you say it? Shoe. S-H-O-E. Ler. Shuler. Shiler. In a Superflex Dynasty rebuild, what should I be asking to move Kamara? Uh, you can probably sell Kamara for multiple first round picks and then a um and then like maybe one of these rookie running backs, you know? Uh, like Javante Williams might be a good target, but realistically, whoever probably drafted him loves him. So it's tough to get rookies off of teams. But like if you can get Javante Williams plus, you know, two firsts or something, don't hate that. Uh, so I would look for uh, find a contender, get at least multiple first round picks and then see if you can get an RB two, a wide receiver two, a high end quarterback two, something like in that range. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Eagles have two first round picks currently, potentially three, depending on Wentz play. Yeah, exactly. So that 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 makes a lot of sense. Like uh Eagles two first round picks and Jalen Hurts for for Watson. Maybe that gets it done. Gibson top 10 this season. Uh, I mean, it's definitely in his range of outcomes. He's one of the guys where I think the range of outcomes is very, very, very wide. Because, um, listen, there's there's a lot of excitement around Gibson. His athleticism is ridiculous. This offense should be a lot better. But then again, we're all projecting him to get a bigger passing role. But J.D. McKissick's still there. They added De'Ami Brown. They added Curtis Samuel. Like, what if the targets just aren't there? Yeah, the relative targets to J.D. McKissick might be down, but that just that might just mean the running back targets altogether are down. So I think we, we could walk away from this year disappointed. Um, you know, he scored 11 rushing touchdowns last year. Highly unlikely to repeat that. But as the full-time goal linebacker, maybe he does. You know, there I think there are a lot of uh, I think there are a lot of red flags that most people are just kind of sidestepping as if it's not possible for that to happen. But Gibson, yeah, I mean, he's got top five overall upside for sure. Jacob, comfortable triple stacking redraft teams like situations like the Chargers, Chiefs, Cowboys. Uh, yeah, sure, could run that. I always say like stacking, I'm fine with. I'm I'm even fine getting running backs and wide receivers together, running backs, quarterbacks together, as long as they're on a good offense, man. Um, I think 
there's a lot a lot of people talking about how like you shouldn't stack running backs with with uh, other quarterbacks or wide receivers. At the end of the day, like if they're on a good offense, that it's good for everybody, right? If a wide receiver is having a good game, that likely means the offense is just moving the ball successfully, which means more snaps, more time on the field, more scoring opportunities, more red zone opportunities. Like that's the way I look at it. If you're on the Chargers, Chiefs, or Cowboys, it's just going to be a fuckload of plays, high paced offense, a lot of passing, a lot of yardage, a lot of first downs, a lot of scoring, all that shit. So yeah, stack it up like a motherfucking Pringle. Halfster was good, baby. What's up, Nick? I'm leaning away from drafting Kittle this year, but I have him in Dynasty. Still thinks his still think his future outlook is promising, but not as high on him this year. Interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, he's not a guy I'm targeting in redraft. Not even if he dips to like the end of the third round. Uh, could be wrong because Kittle's just such a fucking monster that I might just look stupid afterwards. But yeah, he's not a guy I'm, I'm targeting in that range. Um, I I would say his value right now in Dynasty is probably the lowest it has been and the lowest is going to be for a while so he he's an in-season move that i would like to he's a guy i want to hold on to just in case if i'm wrong then uh then he's a guy you want on your team especially in tight end premium uh if i'm right then i i probably wait for a couple big games still for him to string together for him to to move because i think you have this influx of um one like kelsey's just a monster obviously uh, Pitts coming in, which is moving Kittle down the draft board. You have Darren Waller, who's coming off a monster year, moving Kittle. So, like, the hype for Kittle last year was he was, like, the tight end one in Dynasty. He's dropping significantly because we have hype around these other players. So, right now, you have to have something that pushes his hype up a little bit before you move that piece, in my opinion. I'd hold on to him for right now. Is the K-Makers hype too much right now, or is it cooled down? Uh, yeah, it seems to be a little bit. It seems to be pretty fucking high. For, for good reason, though. Listen, like, sh fantasy players are sharper and sharper and sharper. And guys with his type of upside, you know, Akers and Gibson, you just don't get them out of value anymore. It just doesn't happen because there's so much fucking content, so many people yelling about it now on a day-to-day -day basis that, like, yes, it it, it it doesn't make his upside any worse, right? Like, you could, dra you could draft him fifth overall. Doesn't mean he doesn't have over overall RB1 upside still. Uh, but the risk becomes more and more. The risk becomes higher and higher because you're letting go of safer players at that draft pick who might have just as high of an upside. So um, is the hype too much right now? No, because I think his upside will con it will stay the same. Like his upside in May is the same as it's going to, as it was in June, as the same as it will be in July, as the same as it will be in fucking August. His hype should be as high as it can possibly go because his upside is RB1 overall, in my opinion. Um, the discrepancy comes when the graphs, when the X and Y axis intercross and they start to um, and they start to hit a point where the risk becomes just a little a little bit too frisky for me. So I don't think it's cooled down, but I just think fantasy players are sharper. And if you want to get your guy, you got to fucking get your guy. And it's more clear now than ever with guys like Akers and Gibson, et cetera. Somehow snagged Devontae Adams in my family dynasty league for Terry McLaurin and John Brown. Oh, it's called the fucking family dynasty league for a reason. Give whoever gave that to you a good Christmas present this year. What are your expectations of Jordan Love if he's a starter? Uh, very fucking low. Very, very, very low. You know, if there's like a log, you know, you're walking through the woods and then and, and, uh, there's a log on the floor that you got to jump over. That log is Jordan Love. Jordan Loggy Love. Like this fucking thing so you don't start yelling. Thank you. If anyone's out there watching this, you're enjoying the video. Uh, the best way to support us, obviously, outside of signing up for Patreon, simply hit the like button. It lets YouTube know 
that you like this. And I'll, I'll quit fucking yelling all the time if we get the likes up enough. This video gets a thousand likes on it. I will never yell again in my life. And if I do, I just won't. I just won't. It just won't happen. Blackberry, the best claw flavor, correct? Uh, I don't know, dude. Like, honestly, they all taste the fucking same to me. Every white claw tastes exactly the same. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a big snob when it comes to the flavors. I, uh, you know what? Some other ones are starting to move up my book a little bit more and more though. Like, true, I like Trulies. I like the blueberry Trulies. Those are kind of fire. And uh, a lot of these seltzer brands are starting to make like iced tea, like iced hard iced teas that are like eight percent alcohol. I, I, I can get behind that shit. I know you're not a huge fan of ETN this year in Jacksonville, but how high would you be willing to draft him in Dynasty as a future asset? So I just, I, I've done two startups this year, um, two startups this offseason. Both just ended a couple weeks ago. I took ETN in one of them. It was like a, a rebuild team where I'm only dra I was only drafting first and second round players. I took ETN at the 411. So I'm not really sure what that, that's probably exactly where I'd like to take him. Uh, the 411 was kind of perfect. So that's, that's where I would go with him. If you want to take, if you're really high on ETN, I mean, he was a great college prospect, but his year one prospects, look fucking miserable. Um, so I think you need to take that into account if you're trying to compete this year. So for ETN, yeah, mid-fourth, if you really like him, end of fourth, I think is a perfect spot to grab him. How do you think about JT this season? Uh, JT, I've kind of cooled on JT a little bit, as has most of the industry. Uh, I think his ADP was like sixth overall to start the summer. Uh, and now it's probably dropped down to like nine or ten. I'm starting to like, you know, Zeke, I like more than JT now for sure. Um I think Cam Akers versus JT is a very real conversation as the new or as we get higher on Aaron Rodgers coming bike to the Packers, you start to like Aaron Jones more. You know, there's a lot of I don't think it's necessarily like I don't like JT as much as I did. I still think he's in that Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott when he first came into the league, Adrian Peterson type mold where he could be a top five fantasy running back or number three or number two overall, uh, just purely based off of being a runner. But I start to like these other guys a little bit more because I think they have higher ceilings. In your opinion, Nick, who's a wide receiver one in Jacksonville? I think it's Earl. It, I think early on it's going to be Marvin Jones Jr. Then Chark will take over. I think that's a decent. Uh, I think that's a decent uh, opinion. If it wasn't fucking wrong, Codeine. Now I just, dude, honestly, this is probably the hardest question to answer in fantasy football this year, and I, I try not to even like pretend to know. It's it's just so difficult. Um. Yeah, I, I just really think that there's no reason to be drafting one over the other over the other. I, if I if I had to choose one straight up, I would probably take LaVisca Chenault. If all else equal and they're like, this is your ninth round pick, you get to choose one out of the three, I'll take Visca. But I still, I just think all of their stats are going to be very, very similar. Can you make a starting defensive player on the lines? Can you name one? Uh, Jeffrey Okuda. Suck it. You think I'll beat Snacks in our UFC style fight over the weekend? Nah, you're too. You're you're you just you don't have enough pain behind your eyes, Codeine. I mean, uh, sexy. You just you. I don't think you have the killer instinct in you, and Snacks will literally kill you, or fight until you kill him. So, I just don't. I no. Nah. Who are your top two players you think will win Rookie of the Year? Quarterbacks. Um. Okay, so obviously Trevor Lawrence is the one, and then we're talking about 
Fields, Lance, Wilson, Mack. So I'm going to take Mack out of the equation. I really think – I'm not sure what the value are. Let me see. Uh, rookie of the year odds. I feel like I don't know what the odds are right now before I get to them right now. I want to see them on DraftKings because I don't trust, like, fucking Vegas Insider or whatever the fuck they do. I feel like Zach Wilson is probably the best value right now. What do we have? All right, so this is per VegasInsider.com, and I don't know if these are accurate, to be honest. Let me see if they actually have it on, on DraftKings. Super Bowl, nah. Season special. The fact that the Houston Texans are plus 200 to have the worst regular season record, I feel like is easy money. The easiest money I've seen in my lifetime. Okay, here we go. Cool. I got the odds up from FanDuel. Let me throw them up on the Scrizzy. All right, so... Trevor Lawrence is plus 270. That's obviously would be my number one choice. Justin Fields is plus 550. Zach Wilson is plus 700. Trey Lance is plus 750. The rest of them are whatever. Um, so you'd have to think that they factor in when they think these guys are going to get on the field. With Trey Lance being arguably the most talented out of the other quarterbacks and on the best team, that has to say to you that they think he has the lowest odds of those top four guys of getting on the field. Um, and everything they said out of San Fran's camp has been about Jimmy G. I just have a hard time believing that you have Trey Lance sit for two straight years because he didn't play last year. Um, I like Zach Wilson at plus 700 a lot. I think like I think because you need for Zach Wilson to be like a rookie of the year candidate, you don't need the Jets to be that good because they were such a fucking fraud franchise. All they need is like a very slight turnaround in order for Zach Wilson to look really good. If, as long as he doesn't throw like 10 touchdowns and 18 interceptions, if you flip that and you go like 18 and 10 and the Jets end up winning like seven or eight games this year, he's going to be in contention for rookie of the year for sure. I don't think we're going to see like Justin Herbert type fucking stats this year from rookie quarterbacks. Um, so if I had to put my money down, I'd probably take Lawrence and Trey Lance at plus 750, but I do think Zach Wilson's a really good value there. Because the situation is just so much worse than... Like Trey Lance, Trey Lance would have to put up monster stats because his team's going to be good regardless, you know? Like, I don't think they'll equate him winning a bunch of games to that, like him. I think they'll just be like, oh, San Francisco is a really good team. Obviously, he's going to go 5-2, and 5-3 and three as a starter. Whereas if Zach Wilson comes in and goes 5-2 and two for the Jets, it's like fucking godsend. What are some teams you think could take an RB early in next year's draft round one, two? Uh, good question. Let me check out the teams. Round one, two. Round one, two is is pretty early. We we very rarely see round one running backs go off. Okay, so I could see uh, Buffalo. I could see being a team if they feel like if Zach Moss and Singletary implode again this year and they feel like they're one offensive piece away from it. I could see Buffalo. Uh, New York, for sure. They have nothing on their roster outside of, like, Michael Carter's a fourth-round pick. I don't think they have anything earlier than that. So the Jets are definitely candidates. Um, hmm. 
Not a lot of other teams, to be honest. Let's see. Houston could do some dumb shit for sure. A lot of the teams that, you know, I thought could go early running backs this year kind of did. So, you know, like Jacksonville obviously took a running back. Atlanta's in in the out in the range of outcomes, but like Atlanta just historically doesn't take early round running backs, so I'd be a little bit surprised. Maybe they do. Maybe uh, Arthur Smith going into his second year is like we need a running back to build around like I did with Derrick Henry. So Atlanta's definitely a sleeper there. Not a sleeper, but a candidate. Tampa Bay, I feel like, is good enough at just piecing running backs together. You know, the, um, Tom Brady can make whatever the fuck work in the backfield. Depending on what happens with Josh Jacobs this year, I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders decided to go with like a second-round running back next year. I'd be surprised, but not shocked. Same with the Chargers, maybe a second-round running back to complement Eckler. Uh, Arizona is definitely a candidate. That's probably the other, the only teams I could see really doing that. And, and Miami, of course. No. Who do you think will start first, Fields or Lance? Uh, probably Fields. Any good last place punishment ideas this year? Someone brought up a great... Since we hit 50,000 subscribers the other day, I was trying to do something to like celebrate. You know, Did anyone have any like challenges that we could do? Because when we hit 10K, me and Steve did the 10,000 calorie challenge. And someone was like, do the uh, the Waffle House challenge where you have to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours and every waffle you eat minuses an hour off of it, but replace that with Marg's. And I was like, that's a pretty good fucking... Uh, that's a pretty good challenge. Except it would kill me because depending on, listen, like the, 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 the range of outcomes for how bad that can go. Like, listen, you go to a place, uh, a place that serves just like one shot of tequila in the margarita versus two is the difference between being like nicely buzzed for 12 hours and absolutely blacked out, taking a shit on the floor. You know what I mean? So I love that. Uh, any good last place punishments ideas this year? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll discuss it on the E-Town. Oh, we have to have our league meeting. So we'll discuss it on there. You know, you could always, you could always go with waterboarding. Waterboarding is, is is always a great choice. Weeks ago, you'd rather shove you in your day. Did I say that? I gotta watch what I say. Uh, weeks ago, you'd rather shove a needle in your dick than draft AJ Green. The other day, he low-key snuck into your video. What's changed? Honestly, nothing. Honestly, nothing other than like they really just don't have a wide receiver two in Arizona, and I feel like. You don't sign AJ Green unless you're ready to like shove him into the offense. You know, like I, I've, I mean, maybe they're just like, oh, we have a bunch of young wide receivers, but maybe, maybe AJ Green really wasn't as bad. I, I mean, you just look at the numbers last year, and AJ Green, yes, was terrible on like a personal level, but also all of Joe Burrow's throws to AJ Green were pretty much uncatchable. Um, so there wasn't much either of them could do. They both stunk last year when it came to each other. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. So there's just this is another like gut feeling that just changed overnight. Maybe it's just one day I took too many drugs and they were just like, this is the AJ Green drug. We got you, Nick. We finally got you. Your bike on board. I can't give you a good logical answer for that. I'm sorry. When should my leagues do draft order the actual draft? Uh for re I mean, one, it depends if you trade picks. Two, if you don't trade picks, like we do our draft order, I think a week before the actual draft, so you can start mocking. Like I think it's good to have a little bit of time to be able to mock draft before you actually do your draft, so you know your order. Uh, the actual draft is close to the regular season kickoff as possible. 
I definitely would suggest having no preseason games left over just for freak injuries and, and practices still being done. Uh, we always do ours Labor Day Monday, which is like three days before the actual NFL kickoff. So Labor Day Monday is usually a good one because everybody's free as well. But that week leading up to kickoff, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is usually perfect. Draft order, you know, a week so you can do some mocks. You're way behind. I feel violated and assaulted already. Pretty sure C.J. Spiller's brothers in this year's 2022 class. I think he goes to A&M. Yes, uh, Isaiah Spiller. He is a very, very well-known, hyped-up prospect. A lot of people have him as their RB1 already. I have uh, Brees Hall for sure still as my RB1 over Isaiah Spiller, but I think both of them will push for that spot. Josh Jacobs off your board or what? He's been someone I've been going back and forth on. He's going to be probably in my uh, video that that I'm going to make soon called the the fade has gone too far where everybody's fading guys like based off last season. But I think it's just, you know, Josh Jacobs, the Tyler Lockett's guys like that. Um, so he's not off my board, but at his current ADP, he might be. All right, y'all we're 40 minutes in. looks like we're out of questions out of uh, the assault. Thank you for not beating me up too bad. Uh, that's going to be it for this week. Thank you for hanging with me on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday. It is hot as a motherfucker in the city right now. I'm going to go catch some sun, uh, some get some get some fucking tan. You know what? However, however much I tan, I just don't. I just can't get tan. It just doesn't fucking work. I keep getting burnt, and then it doesn't turn into tan. Like my chest never gets tan. What do I do? What do I do? Do I just take the L and just get absolutely burnt to a crisp and let that turn to tan? It's got to be a safer way, right? I just don't know. I just don't know. But thank you all for uh, for hanging out with me. Obviously, if you want to be in next week's Q and Assault, patreon.com forward slash BDGE. Make sure you go download the Underdog app. It'll be linked in the description as well as the comment section. Uh, anything else I name, the four for four pages, I'll make sure I do that right now so I don't forget. Or you can check biggest uh, ADP movers as well as ADP across different websites. I love you all. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hit the thumbs up if you didn't already. You fucking fraud farcicles. And I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, since why you yelling is going bi-weekly, bisexually weekly, I'm probably going to be doing a mock draft Sundays and Mondays now to ramp up. We'll probably do a weird, obscure mock draft on Sundays and then keep our regular 12-team underdog best ball mock draft for Monday. So if you have any uh, weird league settings that you would like me to see or like to see me do, like to see me do, put that in the comment section. I love y'all. I'm out. Bye. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.